This is The Jungle Book, a collection of stories by Rudyard Kipling about Mowgli, an orphan boy in India, and his animal guardians in the jungle. Letting in the Jungle It was at twilight when he saw the well-remembered grazing grounds and the dock tree where Grey Brother had waited for him on the morning that he killed Shere Khan. Angry as he was at the whole breed and community of man, something jumped up in his throat and made him catch his breath when he looked at the village roofs. He noticed that everyone had come in from the fields unusually early, and that instead of getting to their evening cooking, they gathered in a crowd under the village tree and chattered and shouted. Men must always be making traps for men, or they are not content, said Mowgli. Two nights ago it was Mowgli, but that night seems many rains old. Tonight it is Meswa and her man. Tomorrow, and for very many nights after, it will be Mowgli's turn again. He crept along outside the wall till he came to Meswa's hut, and looked through the window into the room. There lay Meswa, gagged and bound, hand and foot, breathing hard and groaning. Her husband was tied to the gaily painted bedstead. The door of the hut that opened into the street was shut fast, and three or four people were sitting with their backs to it. Mowgli knew the manners and customs of the villagers very fairly. He argued that so long as they could eat and talk and smoke, they would not do anything else, but as soon as they had fed, they would begin to be dangerous. Boldio would be coming in before long, and if his escort had done its duty, Boldio would have a very interesting tale to tell. So he went in through the window, and stooping over the man and the woman, cut their thongs, pulling out the gags, and looked round the hut for some milk. Meswa was half wild with pain and fear. She'd been beaten and stoned all the morning, and Mowgli put his hand over her mouth just in time to stop a scream. Her husband was also bewildered and angry, and sat picking dust and things out of his torn beard. I knew, I knew he would come, Meswa sobbed at last. Now do I know that he is my son, and she caught Mowgli to her heart. Up to that time, Mowgli had been perfectly steady, but here he began to tremble all over, and that surprised him immensely. Why are these things? Why did they tie thee? he asked after a pause. To be put to the death for making a son of thee. What else? said the man sullenly. Look, I bleed. Meswa said nothing, but it was at her wounds that Mowgli looked, and they heard him grit his teeth when he saw the blood. Whose work is this? he said. There is a price to pay. The work of all the village. I was too rich. I had too many cattle. Therefore she and I are witches, because we gave thee shelter. I do not understand. Let Meswa tell the tale. I gave thee milk, Nethu. Dost thou remember? Meswa said timidly. Because thou wast my son, whom the tiger took, and because I loved thee very dearly. They said that I was thy mother, the mother of a devil, and therefore worthy of death. And what is a devil? said Mowgli. Death I have seen. The man looked up gloomily under his eyebrows, but Meswa laughed. See, she said to her husband, I knew, I said that he was no sorcerer. 
He is my son, my son. Son or sorcerer, what good will that do us? The man answered. We be as dead already. Yonder is the road through the jungle, Mowgli pointed through the window. Your hands and feet are free. Go now. We do not know the jungle, my son, as, as thou knowest, Meswa began. I do not think that I could walk far. And the men and the women would be on our backs and drag us here again, said the husband. Hmm, said Mowgli, and he tickled the palm of his hand with the tip of his skinning knife. I have no wish to do harm to any one of this village, yet, but I do not think they will stay thee. In a little while they will have much to think about. Ah! He lifted his head and listened to the shouting and trampling outside. So they have let Baldio come home at last? He was sent out this morning to kill thee, Meswa cried. Didst thou meet him? Yes, we... I met him. He has a tale to tell, and while he is talking it, there is time to do much. But first I will learn what they mean. Think where ye would go, and tell me when I come back. He bounded through the window and ran along again outside the wall of the village till he came within earshot of the crowd round the people tree. Baldio was lying on the ground, coughing and groaning, and everyone was asking him questions. His hair had fallen about his shoulders, his hands and legs were skinned from climbing up trees, and he could hardly speak, but he felt the importance of his position keenly. From time to time he said something about devils and singing devils, and magic enchantment, just to give the crowd a taste of what was coming. Then he called for water. Bah, said Mowgli, chatter, chatter, talk, talk. Men are blood brothers of the Banderlogue. Now he must wash his mouth with water. Now he must blow smoke. And when all that is done, he has still his story to tell. They are very wise people, men, but they leave no one to guard Meswa till their ears are stuffed with Buldeo's tails. And, and I grow as lazy as they. He shook himself and glided back to the hut. Just as he was at the window, he felt a touch on his foot. Mother, said he, for he knew that tongue well, what dost thou hear? I heard my children singing through the woods, and I followed the one I loved best. Little frog, I have a desire to see that woman who gave thee milk, said Mother Wolf, all wet with the dew. They have bound and mean to kill her, I have cut those ties, and she goes with her man through the jungle. I also will follow. I'm not old, not yet toothless. Mother Wolf reared herself up on end and looked through the window into the dark of the hut. In a minute she dropped noiselessly, and all she said was, I gave thee thy first milk, but Bagheera speaks truth. Man goes to man at the last. Maybe said Mowgli, with a very unpleasant look on his face. But tonight I am very far from that trail. Wait here, but do not let her see. Thou wast not afraid of me, little frog, said Mother Wolf, backing into the high grass and blotting herself out, as she knew how. And now, said Mowgli cheerfully, as he swung into the hut again, they are all sitting around Boldio, who was telling that which did not happen. When his talk is finished, they say they will assuredly come here with the red, 
with fire and burn you both. And then? I have spoken to my man, said Meswa. Kaniwara is thirty miles from here. But at Kaniwara we may find the English. And what pack are they? said Mowgli. I do not know. They be white, and it is said that they govern all the land, and do not suffer people to burn or beat each other without witnesses. If we can get thither tonight, we live. Otherwise, we die. Live, then. No man passes the gates tonight. But what does he do? Meswa's husband was on his hands and knees digging up the earth in one corner of the hut. It is his little money, said Meswa. We can take nothing else. Ah, yes, the stuff that passes from hand to hand and never grows warmer. Do they need it outside this place, too? said Mowgli. The man stared angrily. He's a fool and no devil, he muttered. With the money I can buy a horse. We are too bruised to walk far, and the village will follow us in an hour. I say they will not follow till I choose. But a horse is well thought of, for Meswa is tired. Her husband stood up and knotted the last of the rupees into his waistcloth. Mowgli helped Meswa through the window, and the cool night air revived her. But the jungle in the starlight looked very dark and terrible. Ye know the trail to Kaniwara? Mowgli whispered. They nodded. Good. Remember now, not to be afraid, and there is no need to go quickly. Only, only there may be some small singing in the jungle behind you and before. Think you we would have risked a night in the jungle through anything less than the fear of burning? It is better to be killed by beasts than by men, said Meswa's husband. But Meswa looked at Mowgli and smiled. I say, Mowgli went on, as though he were Baloo, repeating an old jungle law for the hundredth time to an inattentive cub. I say that not a tooth in the jungle is bared against you, not a foot in the jungle is lifted against you. Neither man nor beast shall stay you till you come within eyeshot of Kaniwera. There will be a watch about you. He turned quickly to Meswa, saying, He does not believe, but thou wilt believe? Ay, surely, my son, man, ghost, or wolf of the jungle, I believe. He will be afraid when he hears my people singing. Thou wilt know and understand. Go now and slowly, for there is no need of any haste. The gates are shut. Meswa flung herself, sobbing at Mowgli's feet, but he lifted her very quickly with a shiver. Then she hung about his neck and called him every name of blessing she could think of. But her husband looked enviously across his fields and said, If we reach Kaniwera and I get the ear of the English, I will bring such a lawsuit against the Brahmin and old Boldio and the others as shall eat this village to the bone. They will pay me twice over for my crops untilled and my buffaloes unfed. I will have a great justice. Mowgli laughed. I do not know what justice is, but come thou back next rains and see what is left. They went off through the jungle, and Mother Wolf leaped from her place of hiding. Follow, said Mowgli, and look to it that all the jungle knows these two are safe. Give tongue a little. I would call Bagheera. The long, low howl rose and fell, 
and Mowgli saw Meswa's husband flinch and turn, half-minded to run back to the hut. Go on, Mowgli shouted cheerfully. I said there might be singing. That call will follow up to Kaniwara. It is the favor of the jungle. Meswa urged her husband forward, and the darkness shut down on them and Mother Wolf, as Bagheera rose up almost under Mowgli's feet, trembling with the light of the night that drives the jungle people wild. I am ashamed of thy brethren, he said, purring. What? Did they not sing sweetly to Baldeo? said Mowgli. Too well, too well. They made even me forget my pride. And by the broken lock that freed me, I went singing through the jungle as though I were out wooing in the spring. Didst thou not hear us? I had other game afoot. Ask Baldeo if he liked the song. But where are the four? I do not wish one of the man-pack to leave the gates tonight. What need of the four, then? said Bagheera, shifting from foot to foot, his eyes ablaze and purring louder than ever. I can hold them, little brother. Is it killing at last? The singing and the sight of the men climbing up the trees have made me very ready. Who is man that we should care for him? The naked brown digger, the hairless and toothless, the eater of earth. I have followed them all day, at noon, and in the white sunlight. I herded him as the wolves herd buck. I am Bagheera, Bagheera, Bagheera. As I dance with my shadow, so I danced with those men. Look! The great panther leaped as a kitten leaps at a dead leaf whirling overhead, struck left and right into the empty air that sung under the strokes, landed noiselessly, and leaped again and again, while the half-purr, half-growl gathered head as steam rumbles in a boiler. I am Bagheera, in the jungle, in the night, and my strength is in me. Who shall stay my stroke? Man-cub, with one blow of my paw, I could beat thy head flat as a dead frog in the summer. Strike, then, said Mowgli in the dialect of the village, not the talk of the jungle, and the human words brought Bagheera to a full stop, flung back on his haunches that quivered under him, his head just at the level of Mowgli's. Once more Mowgli stared, as he had stared at the rebellious cubs, full into the barrel-green eyes, till the red glare behind their green went out like the light of a lighthouse shut off twenty miles across the sea, till the eyes dropped and the big head with them dropped lower and lower, and the red rasp of a tongue grated on Mowgli's instep. Brother, 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 the boy whispered, stroking steadily and lightly from the neck along the heaving back. Be still, be still. It is the fault of the night, and no fault of thine. It was the smells of the night, said Bagheera penitently. This air cries aloud to me. But how dost thou know? Of course the air around an Indian village is full of all kinds of smells, and to any creature who does nearly all his thinking through his nose, smells are as maddening as music and drugs are to human beings. Mowgli gentled the panther for a few minutes longer, and he lay down like a cat before a fire, his paws tucked under his breast and his eyes half shut. Thou art of the jungle and not of the jungle, he said at last and I am only a black panther, but I love thee, little brother. They are very long at their talk under the tree, said Mowgli, 
without noticing the last sentence. Buldeo must have told many tales. They should come soon to drag the woman and her man out of the trap and put them into the red flower. They will find that trap sprung. Ho-ho! Nay, listen, said Bagheera. The fever is out of my blood now. Let them find me here. Few would leave their houses after meeting me. It is not the first time I have been in a cage, and I do not think they will tie me with cords. Be wise, then, said Mowgli, laughing, for he was beginning to feel as reckless as the panther, who had glided into the hut. Pah, Bagheera grunted. This place is rank with man, but here is just such a bed as they gave me to lie upon in the king's cages at Odipur. Now I lie down. Mowgli heard the springs of the cot crack under the great brute's weight. By the broken lock that freed me, they will think they have caught big game. Come and sit beside me, little brother. We will give them good hunting, together. No, I have another thought in my stomach. The man-pack shall not know what share I have in the sport. Make thine own hunt. I do not wish to see them. Be it so, said Bagheera. Now they come. The conference under the people tree had been growing noisier and noisier at the far end of the village. It broke in wild yells and a rush up the street of men and women, waving clubs and bamboos and sickles and knives. Boldio and the Brahmin were at the head of it, but the mob was close at their heels, and they cried, The witch and the wizard, let us see if hot coins will make them confess. Burn the hut over their heads. We will teach them to shelter wolf devils. Nay, beat them first. Torches, more torches. Boldio, heat the gun barrel. Here was some little difficulty with the catch at the door. It had been very firmly fastened, but the crowd tore it away bodily, and the light of the torches streamed into the room, where, stretched at full length on the bed, his paws crossed and lightly hung down over one end, black as the pit and terrible as a demon, was Bagheera. There was one half-minute of desperate silence as the front ranks of the crowd clawed and tore their way back from the threshold, and in a minute Bagheera raised his head and yawned, elaborately, carefully, and ostentatiously, as he would yawn when he wished to insult an equal. The fringed lips drew back and up, the red tongue curled, the lower jaw dropped and dropped till you could see halfway down the hot gullet, and the gigantic dog teeth stood clear to the pit of the gums till they rang together, upper and under, with the snick of steel-faced wards shooting home round the edges of a safe. Next minute the street was empty. Bagheera had leaped back through the window and stood at Mowgli's side, while a yelling, screaming torrent scrambled and tumbled one over another in their panic haste to get to their huts. They will not stir till the day comes, said Bagheera quietly. And now? The silence of the afternoon sleep seemed to have overtaken the village, but as they listened, they could hear the sound of heavy grain boxes being dragged over earthen floors and pushed against doors. Bagheera was quite right. The village would not stir till daylight. Mowgli sat still and thought, and his face grew darker and darker. What have I done? said Bagheera at last, fawning. Nothing but great good, 
Watch them now till the day. I sleep. Mowgli ran off into the jungle and dropped across a rock and slept and slept the day round and the night back again. When he waked, Bagheera was at his side, and there lay a newly killed buck at his feet. Bagheera watched curiously while Mowgli went to work with his skinning knife, ate and drank, and turned over with his chin in his hands. The man and thy woman came safe within eyeshot of Kaniwara, Bagheera said. Thy mother sent word back by chill. They found a horse before midnight of the night they were freed, and went very quickly. Is not that well? That is well, said Mowgli. And thy man-pack in the village did not stir till the sun was high this morning. Then they ate their food and ran back quickly to their houses. Did they by chance see thee? It may have been. I was rolling in the dust before the gate at dawn, and I may have made also some small song to myself. Now, little brother, there was nothing more to do. Come hunting with me and Baloo. He has new hives that he wishes to show, and we all desire thee back again as of old. Take off that look which makes even me afraid. The man and woman will not be put into the red fire, and all goes well in the jungle. Is it not true? Let us forget the man-pack. They shall be forgotten in a little while. Where does Hathi feed tonight?